Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of Touched by a Horse. I'm your co-host, Chris Angel, and I'm here with your host today, Carolyn Fitzpatrick. Hello, Carolyn, once again. Hello. How are you? I'm nervous, but I'm good. <laughs> That's good. We just breathe through it. It's all right. We're just oh, having a conversation. I think what I like about um, our conversation today, I and mean, we, we haven't have, had it yet, but I'm excited about it, is this idea of um, being a human and horse mediator. Like, working with horse owners to communicate and partner with their horses. And I'll let you expand on that because I'm not the expert here, but um, what is this human horse mediator thing? What is that? Well, in the last year or so, I've kind of been nicknamed the human horse mediator because mm -hmm. for over 25 years, I've mediated between people, not mm -hmm. horses, between people. Right. But that experience has helped me really notice, highly notice the body language, the things that are not effective in communication. And then I started putting two and two together and thinking, well, what's the difference in a human and a horse communicating? We have barriers, we have language barriers. We do not watch their body language. We should be watching theirs, they're watching ours. Mm. And how could I utilize the skill that I've developed over 25 years, but apply it to the horse and the human? Yeah. So that has become really a passion for my, for me for quite some time now. One of your, um, you said that one of your real passions is, as much as you've helped humans in 25 years through mediation, one of your real passions is helping horse owners or people who have horses um, have a better relationship with the horse. You said every, every horse, everybody who buys a horse has a dream or a vision, yes? That is correct. Almost everyone has this big vision of they're going to be jumping in a show ring and competing, or they're going to be barrel racing, or they'll be showing in dressage and getting 70 and above scores, or they'll be on a trail ride and just maybe even in solitude with their horse and hearing the creeks and the streams flowing and the leaves underneath their feet and all this stuff. And it's like, they want that so bad. They want that connection. They want that partner but then it falls apart. And sometimes it never develops from the wow. very beginning, but it falls apart and yeah. it doesn't have to fall apart. Right. And in fact, I love that, by the way, by the way, um, you listening to this, those of you listening to this who don't have horses, right? You found this series and you've really enjoyed the series, but you yourself don't have a horse. One, you may have a vision for a horse. So keep listening. And two, <laughs> I have this um, intuition that this conversation does not is not restricted to just horse and owner, right? Like that this, like you may have a vision for your business. You may have, you may have a vision for your spouse. You may have had a vision for having kids and no matter what it was, sometimes in life, it doesn't go the way that you envisioned. And there is some, there's some work to do <laughs> to actually actualize that vision. What I want to know, Carolyn, from you is you actually wrote a book called Equisology. Did I say it right? You did say it right, and it's Melissa Pierce, the founder of the Touch by a Horse program and the Equine Gestalt coaching method. She and I wrote this book together, so I'm a co-author. Beautiful. Um, we did it about a couple of years ago. We got off to ourselves. We went to Arizona and stayed in a house with almost no furniture, so we'd have no distractions, <laughs> and just knocked this book out because we both had this huge passion for getting it out in the public that horses are individuals and we have a way to gauge what 
their individuality is. So we created a tool that people can use. It's like a questionnaire test, mm -hmm. but they go out with their horse and do experiments to determine what did the horse choose so wow. that they can determine what their personality preferences are. I love, I love it that at the heart of um, solving the problem called, I have a vision for a horse, but it, many times it doesn't go the way I want, is this um, understanding component, this, this, that the horse is its own individual and I'm an individual. And if we could just come together and have an understanding, maybe we could have a relationship. Yes? That's correct. And I think there's another component that's involved. Hmm. I mean, when I mediate with couples um, that are having a dispute over something, or maybe they just don't communicate well, they're not even disputing, but normally they speak the same language. So I'd like for you to just envision you've been right. dropped into another country the culture is totally different the language is totally different so what happens your anxieties go up you know you're worried a little bit you, you don't really even know what the body language means right so that adds another component when a human is working with a horse because they right. don't know our language i feel it's up to us to learn their language mm -hmm. yeah that's really good i love that that's that's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, when you're when you're in human mediation, like you both share, if you both are English speaking, you have at least the same words to use um, to communicate and get to a, a middle ground. But you're right with a horse, there is no we don't share a same language. How cool that there's a book. I mean, I, I love this idea that there is a way to map um, how the horse is wired. Um, how does it work exactly? Like how? So you said there's questions that answer, but what are the different kinds of horses? Are there different quadrants or kinds or types? Um, the book is not related to any different, any particular type of horse or breed of horse or gender of horse. It's more divided into four sections. And one is the first section, just like in the human part of the book, uh, is about how do you become rebalanced? So all of us handle stress during the day. Mm. All of us have things that bother us. Mm. Um, so for me, I like to get off to myself and read a book. Maybe have the dog in my lap or something, but that's my way to come on down, you know, or maybe I take a walk in the woods for other people. They're going to head to a party or go to a friend's house and they go out to a party that would stress me. Well, the horses are no different. The horses have a way that we can rebalance them and help them not hold on to stress. And I'll give an example of that. Like I have a mare named Monty and she's a great performance horse. She's a great trail horse and she will perform for me all day long or go on trails all day long. But at the end of the day, I need to give her a stall or a place off to herself. She does not need other horses. She wants to be by herself. Hmm. And that, that's her way for rebalancing. When I trailer her, I always put her at the end of my stall in like in the trailer, she's the last one to go on. Hmm. So she doesn't have a horse on both sides because hmm. that increases her anxiety and stress level. Hmm. So it's things like that, that as owners and horse handlers, we can really help our horses. Yeah. The second section is how they learn, how they take mm -hmm. information in. Mm -hmm. We all take in information differently and so do the horses. Mm -hmm. The third section is how they choose to make, take action on that. Do they make those decisions based on their heart and how they feel about you? Or do they make decisions more methodically mm -hmm. um, because of their past history or whatever? And the last section of the book is about how they view their world. I mean, 
the same as our sections. So if they, if a person understands their own preferences, then they go into the exercises on how to determine their horse's preferences. Then they can see where they're very compatible and they don't need to change anything they're doing about their horse because they're compatible or they need to adjust some things to help the horse understand them better and to communicate better. I remember in college, by the way, that's amazing. I love that. that that's a, what a tool for people who are so frustrated by something that doesn't need to be that way. And what an answer, right? Like there is a way to communicate. There's a way to understand. Um, I remember in college reading uh, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Did you ever yeah, read that yeah. book? <laughs> and I read there was a paragraph in there. This one paragraph is the paragraph I remember of everything that uh, he said. And that was that women didn't want men to solve their problems. They just wanted men to listen. And I was a great problem solver and I had a, a million ideas. And I remember reading that being like, really? That's really interesting. I guess I'll just listen. It was the best thing ever because um, it really helped me in my, <laughs> my marriage now of 19 years. Like, um, to, under, to simply understand and not have to have the, the butting of heads or the conflict um, created so much peace in my family. I can only imagine the kind of peace it would create in the relationship with your horse. Yeah, take it to another no, level. It does, it does. And I, I love your example because, you know, a big part of communicating with our horse is not always demanding something of them or having expectations of them. It's nothing wrong to just hang out with your horse or get let go of your agenda and your timeline. You know, maybe it, they don't learn something in the first lesson. Maybe it takes 10 lessons, but let it be on their timeline so you do not destroy the relationship right. because it's you demanding it. Yeah, and I suppose too, it could take 10 or maybe it takes less lessons if there's an understanding of their preferences or an understanding of what helps them, which helps them, yeah? That's so. Correct. That's so beautiful. I love this. Are, is there work like this out there for, for horse owners? I'm sure there is somehow. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, it's nobody that I know how to reach out to. And that's kind of why I was like, yeah. you know, I'm just going to throw this out there. I, I get this. I yeah. understand this. Mm. And I do offer clinics. I do go all over the United States. I would go outside of the country. I just haven't had anybody ask. Yeah. But I go all over and we determine they bring their horse to the clinic mm. and they can host it at their farm and just bring five or six other horses in. I travel to them wow. and we determine their whole horse's personality preferences mm. so that they can leave that clinic realizing how they have to interact with their horse from that time on. That's incredible. Wow, that is amazing. I, I ask because I, I, I mean, I'm not a horse person, right? Other than the work I've been doing with all of you, but um, it sounds so important. Um, and you, you are a horse person. You've been around horses. You said you had horses since you were five, the first time we, we did an interview, yeah. right? Yep, I did. That was the beginning of me probably becoming the horse human mediator because right? my dad bought me a two-year-old that was not even started or halter broke. Wow. Hoping that I would not want a horse. <laughs> we see how that ended up. Wow. Just you showed, you showed him. Ever. You showed him. That's good. I, you know, I think um, in that, I mean, you are the horse person. So, I mean, when I ask like, is there other work like this and you don't, you can't think of it. I'm like, well, that's the thing. It's like how, how many relationships between horse and owner um, could benefit from this type of understanding. I just think, I, I love, you had said before we hit record too, that, you know, a hundred years ago, 
like how we, how we trained horses was kind of all the same. It was like a one size fits all type of a training. And that's, and, and people I think are waking up to, you said, waking up to a different way to do that. Yes, that's very true. I mean, I've studied under Buck Branneman and Chris Cox and so many people, John Lyons. Um, I recently ran across someone I did not know at all was Frank Levinson. And he, he is very much a proponent of building trust and improving communication. And actually, I've never taken a lesson or anything under him, but I want to read a quote mm that I have on my desk that I've kept here for some time now. It's a quote from Franklin Levinson, and it says, trust and respect are earned with horses in much the same way as with people, with the added aspect of great guidance and leadership coming forward from the human. And that to me just kind of summarized everything that I'm feeling inside. It's like, we're the humans and we need to be the leaders, but yeah. there needs to be compassion and understanding with that. Well, it's a, it, you know, if I can segue for a second to the work that you, you all do through Touched by a Horse and Gestalt Coaching, right? I think sometimes as the leaders, um, sometimes the thing that gets in the way of us being an effective leader is our own stories or our own stuff. And I think, um, you know, what I've learned from all of you with Gestalt, the Gestalt process is that that's oftentimes a fast path to being at peace and being in the now so that you can be present with your horse instead of bringing all of your story and your patterns and the stuff that oftentimes are the reason we, we have conflict with, with our horses. Have you, is that true to the experience you've had? Uh, definitely the experience. And I mean, I'm talking a lot about wanting and desiring to work more with horses and humans to help them in their communication with their own horses, but there's also a component about working with the horses that we learn life lessons and mm. leadership by just working with the horses. Mm. Because in my equine gestalt coaching practice, I mostly do business or group coaching. Mm. But every time I work with my horses in other levels and other ways, I learn life lessons that I can pass on and set up experiments for groups to do so that they find their own paths and they find out how to communicate better. Wow. I, if I were listening to this and I were an, a horse owner, I would definitely want to be reading your Equisology book. Um, how do people find the book? Where do people go to get the book? Well, they have two choices. We have a website called equisology.com and it's spelled E-Q-U-U-S-O-L-O-G-Y.com. And they also can get it at my website, thehorseconnectionllc.com. And I'm going to hold the book up and hide my face so they can see the front cover. Perfect. Yes. That's a great cover. That's beautiful. I love it. I think, Carolyn, I think that's a great place to wrap because I, what I want for people listening to this is to, to now go buy the book. I want them to go get that book because I think that that is, um, you know, I, just like when I read Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, like sometimes just it's a book is a gateway into a new paradigm, a new understanding. And I think from that place, people can reach out to you. Yes, through your website, people could reach out to you to have you come do some of the work with them and their horse. Definitely. Definitely they could. And I'm open to just questions being asked. They can contact me through the website. Perfect. Okay, perfect. Your web, give us your website one more time. Thehorseconnectionllc.com. Perfect. Thehorseconnectionllc.com. Carolyn, this is a great conversation. This is fascinating to me. I love that you're mapping horses and, and people together. Um, and I, I just, I love what is opening up 
not just for us as people, right? But also for us as people in partnership with um, animals and in this particular case, horses. But thank you for your work. Thank you for sharing. Thanks for our time together today. All my best to you until next time. Take care. Okay, thank you, Chris.